Okay, good evening and you're very welcome to a very special end of season treaty talk with myself, Tom Clancy, filling in for Jack Neville, who is unavailable uh, for us this evening, but uh, delighted to step into such shoes and hopefully we'll have a good discussion about football, which will be our focus uh, for this evening's mm -hmm. chat. As ever on treaty talk, we're joined by Matt O'Callan of the weekly Observer and Vale Star newspapers, but we also have a special guest this evening in the now former Limerick manager, Billy Lee, and of course, uh, news has just broken uh, recently of his new role uh, with Austin Stacks in Tralee. And before we look back, I guess, at uh, all things Limerick football for 2022, uh, I must touch on that news, Billy. And uh, first of all, congratulate you, con congratulate you on your ro new role and wish you the best in it. Um, you must be looking forward to, I, I guess, a new challenge in 2023 uh, in, in Tralee and in Kerry. Yeah, thanks very much, Tom. Yeah, so look, it, it, it'll be something new and... Um... You know, it is a renowned club, so we've got to approach it probably with the same level of um, organisation and professionalism. We went at it with the, the Limerick Seniors. And uh, look, it, it is, you know, they were unfortunate to get relegated last year. So the expectations are high. Um, you're expecting to be high with it coming from a club like Stax. And um, look, we just embrace that embrace that challenge and see what we can do. There's there's nothing given in when you get relegated. There's nothing... There's nothing in the stars to say you're going to bounce straight back up. It's never as simple as that. And um, we just got to take it and build and see how it goes. You know, there's been a lot of work done there in the last number of years with Wayne and, and the previous management team. And, you know, they've, I think this bunch of players, a lot of them have four club champions and two county champions um, wow. medals, a monster club medal, a lot of football play, a lot of experience. So, look, um, and there's a lot of you coming through. So, look, hopefully we can bring it all together and and, and, and uh, hopefully get a shot at trying to get back up to Percy in the football. Yeah, yeah I, I guess you're... you're Tom, I, I, I would you're, like to join yeah. in, in my congratulations to, to, to Billy. Um, absolutely getting, getting, as we know for the last six years, getting an absolutely top man. But Billy, I, over the last couple of weeks in the context of, of the, the club championships... Um, I, I was trying to get my head around the formats in Kerry, which seemed to be very complex. Maybe you could enlighten us a bit. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're, they're very straightforward. Um, I suppose what you would have, I take at the top of the year, you'd have the divisional leagues. So if you picture in Limerick, the four divisions, you'd have the senior leagues um, going on at the start of the year. Um, and you'd have all clubs involved in them. And that's just kind of like giving lads matches rather than kind of go looking for challenges as they're doing their pre-season. So they play the county, they play their divisional leagues, they go into the county league. It rolls into the club championships then. So if we just use, just conscious of the word club, and what you'll have is you'll have the senior club, the intermediate, the premier junior, the junior, and um, you've got eight senior clubs only. So they have two groups of four, and the top two in each group play into the semi-finals for who see will go on and win the club championship and bottom two from what I know play in the relegation um, semi-final then in the intermediate you have four groups of four and the top two go into the quarterfinals and the bottom four one in the bottom team in each group play off for the relegation to down to junior and from your junior then um, you have the same four groups of four and it's the same format as the intermediate the junior championship is a similar situation as far as I know and um, and that's pretty much it. What happens then and where the confusion comes I think for people is when they mention the county championship. 
County Championship Kerry involves the eight senior club teams and at this stage now we have eight divisional teams. And the divisional teams are made up of, you know, the set form. It's like we take three Rangers who I was involved with this year that's got Fanoog, Dua, the Stoll Limits, uh, My Van, St. Sinnons and Clan Mackin. And if any one of those teams went to senior, the remaining clubs would form field rangers. And, and that goes through for all the different divisional teams then. And they're made up of the intermediate, the junior, the premier junior clubs. And and and, and that's pretty much how it rolls. And that's that's they, this year they did that on a group of four as well. Three three games and the winners go into the quarterfinals and it works from there. So it's you know, where people get confused is when it's club, a senior club, and there's only eight. And you've got a county championship then, which takes in the eight senior clubs and the eight divisional teams. Does that help? Perhaps, Does that help? That, that, perhaps, that, yeah. That's well explained. But I, uh, what I have to say, at the outset, it's a system that's very satisfactory and successful because Kerry have won the National League. They have won the Munster and All-Ireland Championship and they have a clean sweep of the Munster clubs. Yeah, look, I suppose if you look at it, the ninth best team in Kerry in a given year are representing Kerry at intermediate, in the intermediate club championships. Now, most clubs have, um, most counties have more than nine senior teams. So you have the ninth best team and you'd have the 25th best team representing the county in the junior championship. So it is quite a challenge for, and like historically, Kerry is a very, very, very strong, as we know, and probably the best or strongest county in Ireland historically, you know, based on Sam McGuire. Um, victories and um, so it, it, it proves more challenging for the certainly for intermediate and junior clubs um, across the country to, to try and get the better of them you know they're well conditioned they they, they, they play a lot of football back there mm-hmm. you know so a lot of these lads could have up to um, 20 games played in, the, in in a given year you know and if they want to play club championship you know, the county championship there's another more so it's, it's it's very possible they could go up to 25 30 games a year you know and um, if you compare that to Limerick here you know, I think someone said to me that Newcastle had played something like 11, league, 11 competitive games between league and, and championship, you know, and that's be, that's in the getting to the Munster final, like, you know, so on, on average, probably teams in Kerry are getting three times more games in a given year than take three years in Limerick to play the quantity of games they're playing in Kerry in one year, you know. It's just the way it is and we've got holding content with so it. I don't think you'll ever be able to solve that riddle, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, certainly a, a, a different uh, a dynamic, but I guess you mentioned the, the hurling element that we know of so well in Limerick, but it's football that we're concentrating on this evening. And I guess, as I said at the outset, we're looking back. So we do wish you the best, Billy, with that new role uh, for 2023 and, and potentially beyond um, with Austin Sachs. So to look back at the year, I suppose we'll start with uh, the men's senior side of things and, and of course, the, the camp that Billy was involved in. And and Billy, overall, I, I'm sure anyone connected with Limerick football will celebrate it as a fantastic season, promoted from Division 3 up to Division 2, a Munster final, um, and probably an overall competitiveness. But if we go back to the start of the year, I remember speaking to you after um, Limerick lost to Tipperary in Brackeel in the second McGrath Cup match, and... You were, I think, more than frustrated with how things went that day. I think the quote you used to me was something like, Limerick football, you know, has no right to be winning games or maybe isn't in the habit of winning games. And, and and maybe from there on, between there and the league, 
you you said about you and your management team said about getting things right. So maybe what changed in the early part of the year that led to such a successful year, in your opinion? I, I, I don't really know, but I certainly remember that day. And, um, you know, I was very frustrated after that particular game. I just felt it was a game. We had enough of senior players out on the, on the pitch at the time. And, you know, make, making them understand, you know, you go on trying, you put yourself in a winning position and make sure you see it out. And I just didn't think we did it that day. Um, no, I don't want to take away from what Tipperary did under David, but we were in the winning position. There wasn't much left to play and we lost the game. And, you know, we were going to deal the, the, the normal National League um, for division for the, the last year, you know, it said just gone, which was eight games. And, you know, we were, I think, at home for three and away for four. So we always thought it was hard to, to win on the road, albeit we booked that trend really this year. But, you know, trying to get into the heads of the lads, nothing to do with ability. It was just making them realise that there's more, to, you know, you've got to see out these games. And um, if I'm not mistaken, with strong words on the, um, the Tuesday night of training, I was really irate about it. And um, and again, it wasn't, you know, anything any one person did. It was just more as a collective and that we didn't realise the importance of trying to win games and get into the habit of winning games. But more importantly, knowing how to win games. And sometimes when you put yourself in a winning position, it ain't about playing, you know, brilliant counter-attacking football, brilliant foot, front foot football. It's making sure you don't allow the other team get momentum and get a run at you and, you know, see it out like. And, and I didn't think we did it that day. But so I think the boys, to be fair to them, but sure, look, I think we ever threw them when there was a need to throw something at them. They just gobbled it up and um, they took it, you know, they took whatever we were saying in good faith and sometimes they had to turn a deaf ear to me, like, you know, but um, they did it. They did it, They did it really well, I think, you know. And Matt, to bring you in, then, so we have the league campaign from there where there's wins over Longford, wins away to Antrim, away to Wicklow, away to Leash, and then the clincher at home to Fermanagh. And I think there's there's a loss in there against Loud. And I think I can think the other one off the top of my head now, but it was a, it was a remarkable campaign because the eight teams of Division 3 are all competitive. You could have made a case for any of them being at the top or bottom of the ladder. But yes, Time, time, and again, more often than not, Limerick came up with the answers uh, across those 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 wins that I mentioned there. So I put it, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Oh, so I put it to yeah, you there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was saying to Billy there at the at the start of um, the year, we had a chat. If you recall, Billy, and you made a very, a very important point to me. Um, we were just looking at the context of the um, the overall fixture list, and you had four fixtures away from home, and you said that your league, your league, um, your season would be defined basically by your home form. But really, that that um, that got turned on its head, really, because like in the campaign, extraordinarily, Limerick won all four games on the road, but. In, in recent years, and I, I think it, it, it has been a hallmark and a trademark of this particular team, that, that, that they seem to have done very, very well on the road. Remember the day, Billy, that you got promotion in Sligo in, in 2000? That was a game against yeah. the odds on the road. Do you remember the following year against when you had to go to Ockram um, to stay afloat yeah. in the championship or in the, the league and qualify for the semi final? Like your best, some of your best performances have been on the road. That's notwithstanding the fantastic performance against against um, Fermanagh that eventually clinched promotion. But of course, I, I suppose 
you know, the turning point, as you were saying there, in my view, had to be the victory over Langford in the opening round. Because um, you had a desperate, you had a desperate poor performance against Kerry, and I know there was various circumstances involved in it in the McGrath Cup, and like it's the only barometer that you have going into the league, and but quite happy. I, 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 I personally, I was watching the game, the game against Tipperary. It represented, it represented a dramatic turnaround in the space of a week and the first round, Billy. Yeah, I think, look, as I said, you know, I was, by the time the Tuesday came around and, like, I was shocked with Tom and the interview after the game because I was really seething about because, you know, every year on year we were trying to grow and develop as a group and sometimes the growth and development is, is, it can be as much mental as it can be actually about your football skills or tactics. It can come from any sort of a way, like, you know, and um, we were moving up a division. We, you know, we're moving up a grade. We were going to have seven league games this year. It's going to be more challenging to stay there. We had to make sure that, um, you know, we were really ready for it. And, you know, if ever you want to uh, get a loss and it kicks, kicks you in the right way, it was that day below on Rakeel. And, um, you know, they really turned up. And they took it on the chin, um, you know, that they... That 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 Tuesday night, like you know, they're, they're a very resilient bunch, um, and you know, you 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 refer to the match above in Sligo. You know, we made in a kind of a pack that day, going up that come up May, we're going to um, we're going to enjoy it, and enjoyment became the buzzword, no matter what. And I had my mind made up that if we didn't um, win that game, I'd have stepped aside, you know, because I felt the momentum that we'd built up in the league. I, no excuses about COVID. That doesn't come into it in my head. That, um, so I said, right, we're going to enjoy this game. We're going to play at the front foot and we're just going to take it. And sure, the boys were outstanding that day. Like, they really, just really were. And, you know, we were up again. We were up a couple of points uh, going to the end and we were lucky to hang on for a finish. You know, it was a, it was a remarkable game. But I, I, one of the best away victories, you know, on the front foot would have been the Wicklow game. Um, the year we, we got to the semi-final against Derry, um, just before we got the second goal, they were they were just scoring the goal at the other end, and we just swept them a row and six yard box down. And um, I think we were down to win by ten points, but I can assure everyone who's listening to this that <laughs> with ten minutes to go, it was not a ten point game or far from it. Like, but it just gives yourself the measure of the boys and the belief they had and the enjoyment that we're getting out of playing football. There's over summers there, but we're in Auckland, you know, which is unusual. We've anything we've gone up there has been wet and windy of sorts, you know, and. Um, Summer's Day and the boys, it was COVID times. We stopped in Port Leash. We drove up in the same, on the way, whatever journey it was in the car, we drove up that day. But they, you know, they went there with a smile on their face. And um, so then going into the Langford game, you know, it, it was, they took the, the learnings from the conversation or the school and the got on the Tuesday night and they just went on the front foot and they played. And that's it. It really is a testament to them, really, you know. Um, we just call out, we just call out what, um, what we feel they need to work on and do, but you know they have the the scope and and, and the willingness to go after it, and uh, you know, and and that's what they've done. And it's ultimately about the group, and we try to keep that group competitive, you know, as much as we could, and trying to keep it as interested so that if you were sitting in Jersey nineteen to twenty six, you were pushing hard for the lads, and it was never easy for these guys, and it was never easy for us to give them the messages and try and keep them positive. I very rarely give them negative information, but I always give them the truth. Um, but, you know, you'd, you'd be trying to put it in a positive and, you know, you'd tell them where the areas have to work on. But it was very important to have them lads pushing the starting 15. And 
it never exemplified it any better than above against Antrim when we lost killing we'd lost part of the Bruin, who did Really good game against Longford that half hour was the first day out. Mike Dunham was gone after five minutes. You might remember this, but Paul Mavis only have to come back the week of the of that game and he he he, he just came in. He managed to start came on there after five minutes. Um we lost Killian. They were out for the Antrim game. Killian got hurt in the warm up. We lost Paul Mar and, and Keen Sheehan somewhere through the second half. And then we started bringing in, you know, Inexperienced players like Owen Craig and went to centre back with Pudin back corner back, and there was others. I can't remember who else went off, um, but that just showed you, you the won the game. Huh? And you still won the game so, with everything. Yeah, all and, and, like, and maybe that's a testament yeah, to how things were well going. To the squad and the impact to the squad, and 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 you know trying to work and and help fellas grow on themselves. And I can't remember who else came on. We met, we we lost someone else as well, two or three more, and. Robbie Robbie Burke got injured at half time kicking around. So that, that kept him out until the I think he was on the bench for the leash game, came off the bench. So from the second game to the second last game, Robbie was out. And and it was just relentless. But the importance of a squad and you know, it's difficult for lads, you know, Limerick Jersey traditionally doesn't hold people and when you're doing all this training and you're not getting game time even though the group has gone forward. That's a difficult place for, for lads to be in, even though they'll come in there and join us all positive. By human nature, they won't feel part of it because they're not on the field of play. And, you know, it's got to be remarked about those guys as well. You know, and, you know, we made some tactical decisions then, you know, and I know some of the lads might believe this, but we did against Wicklow. I think we changed the half-back line. You know, we lost to Laos. Um, kind of a set plan going against Laos. And I think, that just didn't probably work for us on the day for whatever reason. Fine. But then we made changes for the 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 low the Wicklow game and they were completely tactical the way we wanted to go with it based on the way Wicklow were going. Um and it allows us to make changes. Um, we certainly had uh, you know a lot of options, certainly on the middle eight of the field, you know, very, very much so. Um and it was hard to keep everyone happy and sweet. But to be fair to the boys, they kept that and they worked hard at it and you know Going into the Cork game after the Kerry game, I hate to reflect to the management that if we were beaten in the Munster final, we'd make changes for the Cork game. I felt that was important to give lads an opportunity ahead of Division 2 next year. You know, everyone had to feel they were part of it. And um, and I had said three or four, and then I went with four. And, and I was happy to go with four, and I felt fellas deserved that kind of opportunity to go. And, you know, so it was just trying to keep everyone on board and fighting because... If you lose one of those players to the group, the group becomes weaker unless there's someone less stronger coming in. And my experience is as you bring in young lads, it takes 18 months to two years, depending on who you are and where you are physically um, or how much football you've played at club level before you'll really get up to the level. And that was one of the strategies I adopted probably back around 18 and 19, stopped bringing in 19 and 20 year olds because it was just asking too much of them. They were in college, they were enjoying college, they were under pressure of exams. And they wound up walking away. I'd say of the squad I left behind this year, at some point or other, I could count 15 or 16 of them who come in, went, came back in. And in some cases, went again and came back again. You know, so it, it's it's quite a challenge for young lads. Um, you know, college is more demanding because it's continuous assessment. Unlike when I was going there, it was Christmas, Easter, summer exams, and you could cram. It's not like that now, so they're under more pressure. Um, work is more demanding. The world is more demanding. So, you, you know, 
we're not really ready coming out of the club scene in Limerick for what lies ahead in the county. Now, it's fair to say very few county, counties are, but the higher the Division 1 teams, the club seeds are so strong there that they're more, they're probably up at around 75-80% ready. Down at our level, it's probably down 20-25%. And, you know, that commitment, there's one particular individual, we asked him to come in, he was keen to come in ahead of last year, about this time last year, and when I put the schedule up, I got a text the following morning, he was pulling out like a young lad, and I didn't mind that because you know he, he was he, you know he was a good young lad coming up, and I'm sure he'd play with us in the future. But I, I didn't mind him pulling out because I felt look if he knew there was that much, if he came in into one year with us, he might never come back because it was too demanding. So you know we had to mind fellas like that, um, and we had to take the lessons of Brian Fanning, um, Keen Sheehan, Brian Donovan, Huey Buck, Mike Donovan, Tommy Childs. Robbie Childs has gone now. It just goes on. And I'm not just saying to Killian Ryan. It just goes on and goes on, you know. So that happened to these. These, these are good lads who, who are committed to the cause and they found it very demanding to be coming and going. So we have to be very mindful of that in the county and how we handle these young lads and not to burn them too early, you know. Yeah, and, and Billy, I suppose... Billy, perhaps just, just getting back to the context of the thing, if I can, Tom... You know, coming off that great win against Fermanagh, obviously you you, you would think that the momentum was really with Limerick then heading into the championship, heading down for Cusick Park. How much, if any, was the setback against Slough in 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 the league final in Croke Park? How much of a setback was it? Because it's not very often that Limerick footballers have got to Croke Park. And to, to play in a competitive final in itself was an achievement. But um, how much of a challenge losing Croke Park, if any, did it provide um, for going into the Clare game? None. Um, I, funnily enough, it, it, um, I remember turning to the boys with about seven or eight minutes to go on, and I kind of thought Chris Lauter is a different, they're a bit mentally and physically more ahead of us. And my hits immediately started turning to the championship before that game even ended I'd say you know um, because yeah we'd like to win it don't get me wrong um, but I knew that if we if we be clear so if I look, if I projected from that particular Saturday to 52 weeks later which would be a similar Saturday the following year the only opportunity we had to play a team of Division mm-hmm. 3 or 4 would have been if we'd beaten Clare in the league on the championship we were playing the winners at Tip of Waterford. Everything else after that was going to be Division One or Two teams. So my mind started turning to those that level straight away, so that we were going to be ready. And we three weeks, I think, to the clear game. We took a week off, and we did a lot of work in that week um, in, in in prepping. Had a meeting on the Tuesday night, and we came back. And you know, the whole my whole ethos of that meeting was about everything about here. No needs to step up another level. You know, not to dwell on the what's gone or what we need to be ready. And um, so it, it, it quickly became a focus area of, of areas we needed to work on and um, it covered a range. I wouldn't be able to remember all of it now. I'd probably written it down there somewhere. And, you know, it was a real focus and the first game up was clear. And um, ironically, at the end of the clear game, you know, after the extra time, I was satisfied coming out of that, whether we'd won the penalties or not, that we had a team that was ready to go and compete in Division 2. Um, you know, we mentally and physically were at the crossbow with Clare all night long. And um, 
that would have been a step forward for us because Clare, you know, they've done tremendously well. They've done in Division Two for the last number of years and and, and exceed and excel in in, in, in in given years, you know. So I felt comfortable we were ready, we were going in the right direction. Um, obviously, you'd want to win the penalties, but they can be a lottery. And, um, we, you know, there was no practicing of, practicing of any of the penalties. I wasn't, you know, we weren't practicing as the boys were doing their own stuff on the training ground. You know, they, they would be before a training session starts. They'd be, you know, kicking penalties and whatever. That was it. Like, you know, you just, and sometimes I think you're better off because you'll overthink it. Them boys went up and they just backed themselves and trusted themselves and should. That was it. So I think the low game was educational, Matt, is what I'd say. Um, and, and and I felt we had another week, three weeks to get ourselves really ready for the clear game, you know, which was to me division two. And it was going to set, it was going to set the baseline for what lay ahead for the next 12 months, you know. Yeah. And what, what, what that clear game and that, that base of work for the three weeks and the Clare victory then set up as a Munster semi-final with Tipperary and you mentioned there maybe them being a, a Division 3 or 14 but you still had to go into their backyard Billy and, and get the win and I was up there myself in the stands watching it and you know a, a game that I don't think he ever looked maybe like losing but you had to still go out and win it and I think uh, some of the scores you kicked in that afternoon that, or that evening Saturday evening I think it was some of the scores you kicked there were Maybe a testament to the to the quality of footballer. You know, we 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 speak so often with Limerick footballers about their their dedication, their this or that. But at the end of the day, we sometimes ignore the fact that there's actually tremendous footballers in the group. And perhaps some of the some of the highlights of that evening would will be a testament to that. Yeah, um, we weren't overly happy with the first half. Um, I felt we were getting to a certain point and kind of going lateral, or going backwards. And and it's not that all lads couldn't do it. It was just that. All of a sudden, we were in a situation of a championship match where we were probably favourites. Um, and I'd say if you go back by the Waterford games in the previous number of years, whoever we played, we were never favourites. Um, we probably, you know, were able to handle the expectation on the Waterford game because we had a couple of championship matches in, so we were comfortable there. Maybe not so comfortable going to... We probably weren't, we weren't favourites going to, to Clare, so it was, you know, we were focused on what we were trying to do and the lads were driving at it and make sure we were competing and banging at them, you know what I mean, and we got off the right. But now we were going into a match whereby there was expectation. Um, I'd have been on the field when Tip beat us an extra time in the Gaelic grounds. I remember one or two of the lads, they were so gutted and all I could hear one or two fellas said, she's been missed out on the chance of once to find like this thing. You remember Mike Donovan saying it. And I just thought, well, this is our chance, you know. So you didn't say it to them or anything like that. They didn't. But I do think it impeded their first half performance in the sense that it was maybe a fear of losing rather than trying to win the game. So we spoke about half time. There was no roaring or shouting or any of that kind of stuff going on. It was just get the lads to play on the front foot and stop fear. If you, if you, my motto always was, if you fear losing, you lose. Oh, there's no guarantee you'll win if you go to win. But certainly if you fear losing you generally wind up losing the game because you're not playing, you're not trying to maximise your abilities. And um, I think they went out the second half and, you know, they left the shackles off and, and, and again, they showed what you just said there, Tom, you know, but it was just to give them that kind of comfort to just go and go at it. And, you know, so hot. There was, there's worse things happening in the world like than losing a football game. And, you know, they'll have more opportunities to try and um, get to most of the finals. And um, so if you attack it and, um, and they did attack it, and you know the goal Brian got in the second half was a wonder, you know, one, you know, wonderful goal. 
that came from Deep. I think he, she and it's a carpet or doing something in the midfield. I have a memory of it anyway. But anyway, look, you know, they played really good football the second half and um, it certainly wasn't a done deal at half time, but I felt they were the best control in the second half. We were very much in control and just, just making sure we didn't concede any silly scores or more especially goals, you know. Sorry, I can't hear you there, Tom. Sorry, apologies. I accidentally muted myself. But the prize, if you want to put it that way, um, I'll put it to you, Matt. The prize for beating Clare and Tipperary in their own backyards is a trip to Killarney. And beating Kerry and Killarney is tough at the best of times. But in a year when Matt, they ultimately end up being All-Ireland champions, uh, it proved a bridge too far for this, this Limerick group. I know Billy will not want a moral victory. There was probably no moral victory to be had on the day. But I suppose it was it was a good reward for this group, Matt, to be back in a Munster final. Um, you know, it, 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 a symbol of of the progress that had been made. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, uh, first of all, <coughs> it was fitting that 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 the team, um, and I suppose, um, and Billy has touched on it there that it was hugely important in terms of development of the team that 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 they reached the Munster final because. There were a few near misses along the way, and it had it had become a holy grail. Um, but you were really going into the lines then on that particular day, and as as we have seen what Kerry have achieved since, like we we were going into the home of the champions, not only just the Munster champions, but the All Ireland champions, and um, the the, All, uh, the the double winners of 2022. Um, you know, and it, it it proved a bridge too far, but I I. You know, what impressed me was not the actual game, not the outcome itself, but, but the response of the team when they went into the qualifiers against Cork, when they gave Cork one hell of a fright down in, 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 in Park Eclive, you know, that, that they had the ability to pick themselves up. I, I, I thought that that was what I admired most about it. But, but you know, as, as for the Monster final itself, um, they, they, they probably were overwhelmed by Kerry. Was there a certain amount bit of stage fright, Billy? Um, I think, that, you know, the occasion, there was a lot going on and I think that would work for both players and management. I wouldn't separate it. Because um, I remember going into the dressing room after the tip game and I'd been there in 2003 and four, and going to Clarny is travelling is nightmare. It's just absolutely nightmare, logistically a nightmare. And I remember 2003... Jesus, we were lucky to get there in time for the warm-up. And 2004, we went back the night before. It was just chaos. And um, I flagged it. I knew, and I knew from my experience, and I said to the lads, we're going early. We're getting back there. So we got to get the fireys in fan, in fan four. We obviously, Padraig's club, PDB. And um, we couldn't get a guard escort into, into Trilly or into Killarney. So then that, that was the first shoot. You know, and these things just... Fellas, since this thing got on around of it, now I take these things with a grain of salt because in the day you're going to get in, they're going to get in their time. Then when we could get in, Shane Kelly was working, working miracles and oracles with um, the lads he'd know through the, through the, through the, you know, the girls and they got us in and um, you know the, the road was parked in it. And like, you know, when you're driving down the bus and you see the road parked and the crowd and supporters and this is new to the lads, you know, um, it's very hard to kind of keep your composure and stuff like that when you see all this thing happening. Literally, it's like. Moses partner in the Red Sea. That's the way it was, like going into Clarny. And then there was a sense we were there too, too early and all this, that and the other. And, you know, whatever else. It didn't matter. Um, 
these things are irrelevant, but when you're going through them for the first time, um, they can be, you know, they can put people out of kilter a small bit. Um, tactically, we might have got it right either, I have to say, you know. Um, I was happy with where we were going about it. Whether it worked or not, you know, we let others decide. Would, would I go at it again? I wouldn't be against going at it again, but obviously if it didn't work, you might try something different again, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, um, yeah, it's one of those things, I, I you know, I think you'd have to ask some of the boys some stage around it. Like I was kind of prepared for what was like lay, lay, lay ahead because I'd been there for two years. And it's just, but going to the football side of it then, going into Killarney on a summer's day, taking on Kerry and Killarney, I'm telling you, like, you'd want to have your wits about you. That Dublin team, the six in a row, whatever they won, did the best of them come out of Killarney, you know, with that team because they're just a different animal. It's just something that's ingrained in them. I was there years ago at the Mayo Kerry game and you know people were thinking me we're going to be carrying Killarney and I was laughing I was a number of lads you know Dickie Brewer and my brother Joe and a couple more and I was I said lads you have no idea what's, what lies ahead here for me I said they'll tear them asunder because it's they have a fierce pride and when the sun shines in Killarney watch out Yeah but the response Billy in, in the game against Cork was was more than you could have asked for nearly Ah, yeah, look, I didn't, I didn't expect anything different. I kind of said it after the game in Killarney and, and in the lead-up to the game. It was not more than I expected of the boys. And even making the four changes, it didn't matter to me because, you know, generally the way I worked over the years is the lads who got to run to Jersey because of where things came in at the start of the year. You know, we were getting progress and you kind of kept it that way. But we got to such a way, like, Gordon Brown had played for two years solid. He was, he was coming in to start that day, like, you know, for the cock game. So he had a huge amount of experience Party the Bruin had started, he played in the promotion here above against Sligo and um, a lot of that dim games and he played well against Langford, who Jim Liston within Connor back, he had a lot of experience back from 2018. And and who was the other one? Um Josh, oh Robbie. Robbie Robbie came in for Josh. Like, you know, I had no I had no fears whatsoever that these guys weren't gonna perform, you know what I mean? Um and that's when you look back, that's why you'd say I looked at the whole occasion and maybe tactics and the whole whatnot in Killarney probably didn't allow us to be ourselves. That said, he was going to be daunting test to be carried. But these lads to bounce back against Cork was not more than expected. We were quite disappointed, to be honest with you, Matt. Um, I just sense it could have been my last day. And when the game over, I went straight into the dressing rooms and I just took five minutes. You know, I knew the pressure I was under from work and whatnot in terms of the travel over and back to Causeway. And, you know, like there was a sense of um, you meet a lot of parents in the field afterwards and they were very proud of their boys and rightly so like these you know the black card was harsh when I look back at it I didn't see it at the time and it was um, the man um, Morris Deegan that taught me what had actually happened but he made the call which in hindsight was wrong it just wasn't a, it was an accidental collision he made the call and Cork probably escaped in that 10 minutes with a goal and two points and we were chasing after that but like, you know, the resilience of the boys was just outstanding. You know, you you stand there that day very proud of them. And, you know, in some cases, maybe the chance to be missed in the first half might have cost us the game. But look, say la vie, you know, it's, you know, they've been on tremendous journey and let's hope that journey continues with them um, into the next 2023 and four and five and so forth. And, you know, that it gives young lads in the county some hope, you know, Newcastle got to the Munster final this year as well. You know, that's all great for them in football, you know. Um, and, and 
never look over to over the fence to what the hollers doing. Let's worry about what we're doing ourselves and build, you know, but there's a lot of strong clubs around the county and just keep building there and you know, young lads that put in dual clubs in that might make the Holland panel, maybe they'll come and play with us if they feel that we're in a, a very competitive place. And um plenty of footballers around it's just making sure we can we can um harness it and develop it. Me there again, Tom. Oh, I don't know what's going on with this headset, but sorry, the, 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 you're mentioning the Cork game, we, we spoke about the Clare game and maybe even the Loud games, both Loud games. They're three teams that are in Division 2 for next year, so naturally now, these things of course aren't linear, as you know, personnel changes, things change, teams evolve, but there is a, a optimism there that Limerick will be competitive in Division 2. You know, Limerick aren't going up there being cannon fodder. Um, I know you're passing the reins on to, to Mr. Dempsey from, mm-hmm. from Mayo, but naturally it's, it would appear from the outside that the team will be competitive uh, in Division 2. Uh, you know, it'll be difficult to get wins home or away, but there'll be there's a natural competitive edge to this team uh, no matter who they face, and especially against Division 2 teams as they've shown time and again. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um... You know, we feel like, you know, Clare, Cork, Louth, you know, we came up with Louth this year and, you know, we were competitive against Cork, we were competitive against Clare. So that put you in, you know, meat seems to be, you know, whatever meat, or I, I, I'm not talking about meat, no, like, but they don't seem to be where they were back when they were in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, we played Clare on the challenge sometime this year, gone, and um, I can't remember where it was exactly. It was before the Clare game, I think. And, you know, just the lads settled into the game, we were competitive with them. They were pretty strong. I remember talking to Glenn and they were pretty strong. And, you know, um, we were beaten by Derry above and Carrigan Shannon by, was it, four points or something? Um, we four, four, they really yeah. that day as well. You know, so, you know, hopefully, you know, we can be competitive in all those games. And um, actually, that's all we asked for. The You know, if I was still there, that's all I'd be asking for. Let's be competitive and let's try and maximise our chances and make the right decisions. You know, you could lose every one of those games by point, you could win them by point. But once you're there and you're you're banging on the door and you're trying to kick it down, you can't ask any more of the lads, you know. And um, you know, what you what you wouldn't like to see is them leaving a a, a, a game behind where they should have won. You know what I mean? But um look, I'd have great faith in them and great faith in their ability to compete and and to drive themselves. And um I remember reflecting about it after the Antrim game and I was really <laughs> Back that day about their, their resilience and their both mental and physical. And I think the fallout from that Tipperary game in the McGrath Cup was still evident that day. Both they hadn't forgotten um, the chin wagon I gave them, and you know it made them think and and and, and they, they were certainly like they were just unbelievable. And I remember saying the dressing room afterwards, I said, "Let's, I, I, I don't need to do. You've you really come to the fore and learned everything that you need to learn, and you know you still keep on going." Now look, it was kind of just. At the time, it was nothing to do with what happened six months later when I had to depart the scene. But I just realised that they had come such a journey from where we got him and to how much they've learned. But their willingness to learn and their willingness to challenge the management team and constantly strive for improvement, um, bearing in mind in 2018, a lot of them were only young lads. And um, I remember talking to Donald and Garrett after some meeting we had in and we, we did some psychologists in, just chatting to them, see where they were. And the lads came to me and Things were I just felt that things weren't right in that sense where the, some of our heads were. And um, I met him the following Tuesday. That was a Saturday over. We played um, Tipping Gold, and I met the boys on the Tuesday night, Garrett and Dolan. And I said, Ian was overseas at the time. And I said, um, You're going to have to come down two or three steps. 
to help us bring these lads up. And I think that was a testament to Dolan and Garrett. You know, they were used to competing, you know, with the previous team. You know, we'll call it the Paz and the, the Ian Ryans and the Shawnee Buckleys, you know, John Galvins and Stephen Lucy's and these guys, you know, driven guys. And, and they were willing to come down and help us, help these lads come up. And it didn't take too long. You know, and it, it worked really well. And, um, you know, I, I think the boys, you know, the likes of Ian came back and Dolan and Garrett, Garrett was tremendous around the place, you know. A lot of people often wonder why he was there. He was there for his leadership skills and his his ability to play football and settle fellas. You know, fellas were nervous and, you know, people might have been saying Garrett was gone beyond his best. I'm sure he was gone beyond his best, but he still had a lot to offer us, both on the field and off the field. And um, sometimes we dismiss people too easily. And he was a tremendous, you know, resource to have around the place. And he played really well for us in 2019 on the field to play, you know. One of the hardest jobs I had to do in, in my tenure was... Tell Garrett he was no longer part of the squad. Like, you know, um, you know, when you ask a fella to help you bring these lads along and just testament to the guys we have around Limerick football, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we'll park the, the, the inter-county chat uh, on the men's side of things anyway. Well, for now, before, uh, we, I, before we go, Tom, if I could. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely. I, right. I, I, I just, just, just taking an overview of the six years and where we are now, Billy, and where we came from and... Um, you know, in Division 4, beating Waterford with a last-minute goal and drawn with London was all we had to show for the seven games. But there was even a lower point, I suppose, Billy, and you, you, you alluded it to it during your reign. Um, the year that um, you got over 50 refusals um, for people to commit themselves to the Limerick Senior Football Panel. Why didn't you walk away then? Sure, <laughs> just too close to my heart, really, Matt. You know, um, I reflected, you know, you thought with life, and I'm kind of being a bit. Um, in, in, in the 11th of February 2020, I was talking to someone recently about it because Jamie'd been home and my father was alive, my young fellow was here. I was working in Ballygown as the plant manager, and I was um, the football manager, and they were for my heart, you know. Um, so when things are that close to your heart, you don't like to see him go. You lost the father during the year, Jamie's in Australia, you know. So he was just never, um, it was never about what you tried, tried to succeed. I, I'm not driven by success, I'm driven by making sure I don't fail. Um, and that's been in my professional life as well. You know, everything I do is, is just about making sure that you try and do the best you can and um, leave it in a better place. And um, yeah, I mean, we were in, I got to, most people know I got to Cheltenham in November um, and we were off there November 17. And I had my two first cousins and Garrod Whelan, you know, his father, his grand, grandfather was president of GH John Whelan for years and my brother Jimmy. And they were dropping like flies that particular day, you know, that Thursday evening we, got, we went out, I was getting at the airport and that it got to a point where we were laughing and joking that I was going to play my, my the cousin, the cousin full back and one of them's centre field and one of them kind of forward. Like, you know, that was it. Like, we were joking and, you know, it was, it was, you know, it, it, it was lighthearted and it was needed at the time because you crack up if, if you if you were thinking too much about it. But look, I always had faith in, in there was always footballs. I go back to the, the panel of players I played with in the eighties and nineties, you know, some brilliant footballers back then and we mightn't have the numbers, but we also had the football. So if you could give it a founding and a and a structure and um I feel you know, there was places to try. Look at the teams of that Lee managed in the, the six years he was there from nineteen ninety to two thousand and five and you know, John Gavin is probably known up and down to the country as a super footballer. There's many, many more like so. It's just trying to make it 
give it the structure, give it the place it needs. It's never going to compete with Holland in the county, and there's no one asking it to. But why couldn't we be Division Two? You know, on a sustained basis. So it was just to try and put it in a better place, Matt. And um, I enjoy working with players and trying to make them better. And um, sure, there's no greater honour than managing your county. And um, you know, so that was it. It was if someone you know that was attached to them in football walked away from it, who's going to come in and do it then? Like, no, not that that ever into my head. But when you reflect on it, you know, so it was never. It was just never. It was never going to happen, really. Like, so we enjoyed. We enjoyed 2019. I could see the the improvements, and I remember the lead from game over on Kilmallock. And um, I think we left that game behind because we didn't take our chances and goals, terms, you know. But they got promoted that year, so you could see the you could see the signs coming. So it was just constantly going. And we had a great management team, and you know, you know, it'd be remiss of me to reflect to that. Jesus, unbelievable men! Like there was a time we could, like I can, you know, seven people I approached at when party finished up with us. And I, this is the way it was working like. And this is important that people know these things. I remember saying to Biggs, you'll wind up training this team, Biggs, and you're good enough. As I said, you've had to run in an All-Ireland with Mary I in the Trench Cup. And he was wondering, and we were trying to go to, I won't mention the names of people in the brawl. And I knew my hat and saw we weren't going to get someone because we were at the bottom of the pile and there was, we'd really fallen down. And they put the job Biggs did for three years in, like, you know. Um, and then we'd have, we'd have full limit, Adrian, second to none up and down the country. I don't care where you go, uh, who you have, second to none. And and Shane came in with Sean Coyley, with Shamey. Shamey was an unbelievable character around the place when times were tough. The humour he brought to the to the group, the fun. You know, it, it, it was just a, a beautiful journey that lived long in the memory. And, you know, when you have great friends and great people, you're not going to walk away from them just that easily. Yeah, uh, brilliant summation. And I suppose thanks for the insight as well, Billy, because uh, people probably wouldn't know lots of these little intricacies of 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 but behind the scenes and even even I found the thing there with the the the, the bus journey to to Killarney I found that less fascinating that uh, the Gardaí weren't able to oblige you on a on a sunny afternoon into Killarney but anyway thanks for for your insight into that but sorry Tom they were caught oh, up yeah, I don't yeah. <laughs> having to go to the Gardaí you know they were, they were caught because the Kelly boys were coming from Collins and the funny thing I oh, said yes. to Shane is. I said, let's get out to the edge of the thing. I said, when the Kelly Boy scores, we'll just go with them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That was oh, my yeah. plan to Tag try along. and get us in. So then we, we just followed the bus. But Shane worked on Arakil anyway for us, and, and we went in separately. Like, but look, they're fun stories. You know, they, I don't take, they're never going to make you or break you. But um, the things you'll be screaming and trying to do just to make sure that you're doing things to plan, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, we'll move on now to the, well, we'll touch briefly on, uh, I suppose I have noted here, colleges and underage. And to touch, uh, if briefly, if we can, on UL, I know not a heavy Limerick involvement on the field of play, but nevertheless captained by one of your your troops, Billy, at the time, uh, Paul Maher, uh, beaten in a Sigerson final. David Clifford on board, uh, managed by uh, Mr. Bruder from Newcastle West, Stephen Lavin amongst the coaching tickets. Uh, I suppose good, good for the area, good for the university that they were in amongst us. Uh, Matt, they were they were probably favourites to win it outright, but but came up just short. But great for Limerick football to see uh, fellas involved in the coaching ticket, and then also to have Paul Maher captain aside to such a prestigious competition. Well, as Billy would tell you, um, Declan Ruder is an extremely, extremely passionate football man, an extremely knowledgeable football man. We saw him a couple of years with uh, 
with, with, with the Limerick under-21s. And obviously he did an excellent job inside in the college, notwithstanding the fact that um, that um, David Clifford was on board. But um, it, it, it is great to see UL um, competing at that level. Obviously, um, the lack of Limerick personnel in it may be a bit disappointing. Um, I think there was two in it last year on the Indian Tire panel. There, there was um, Paul Maher, who was excellent, and Ronan McGilligan. And we've only two again this year on the panels that are, that are um, published already. Uh, John Hayes is making the step up. But <coughs> there are other Limerick footballers in UL at the moment who obviously are not prepared to commit themselves to the Sigerson at this time of the year. And I suppose that is disappointing because I, I honestly think that um, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's it's um it's not very far away from intercounty football, um, the Sigerson Cup, and um, it, it it has gone hugely strong. And in in terms of the the GA hierarchy and the competition hierarchy, it's gone right up there. Um, as I, nearly more important than the league now at this stage, I'd say. Billy, would you agree? Um, that um. But um, disappointing that, that that Limerick didn't get over the line. It would have been fantastic for Paul Maher. But, um, of course, Paul, as, as, as Billy has said, like um, immediately when it was over, put the disappointment behind him. Like he was on the threshold of history, being the first Limerick man, I think, to, to captain the Sigerson Cup winning team. And um, it, it, it is indicative of the fate, I suppose, that, that Declan Bruder and his management team had in Paul Mahalan and in his leadership uh, skills that he handed him the captaincy. But it, 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 it was disappointing. But I, I think it, it, it is, um, it's a very, very important competition. It cannot be overstressed, the importance of playing top-level colleges. Yeah, I would agree, Matt. I think it's... Um... You know, if you had a blueprint for Lemmy football, you know, because it's so much involvement and maybe the kids coming out of clubs in Lemmy, I probably, if you compare them to the stronger Division One counties, we're not as developed physically. Um, you know, I remember when I was doing stacks in 16, they were doing exactly what Limerick were doing back then. And I'd say there's very few senior clubs in Limerick doing that level of conditioning and training. But anyway, um, you know, you play under 20 football, minor football under 20, and Sigerson is your next step. Even if you're not making the team, the education you'll get. Can you imagine being in around Sean Powder, um, McLaughlin from Mayo, David Clifford, the number of the Clare boys, um, you, 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 McMahon, he played against us this year, and there's others. Like, just how they go about minding themselves, uh, approaching games, you learn so much. Um, and, you know, you can focus on your books and for, for college and you know, you can have enjoy college life and then you but you're still developing and you're still putting yourself in a better place by the time you come out and you want to take on an intercounty challenge. No, intercounty isn't for everyone, I get that. But for anyone that is taking it, they should definitely I would agree with you hundred percent Matt. I think it's I think it's an unbelievable opportunity. It's a wonderful competition. I think it needs to keep its place in the calendar, you know. Um and it was just unfortunate. But look, going back there, Declan's doing a wonderful job, you know. Look, look at the experience he's going to get from managing Division 1 all Ireland winners, you know, um, the two Lavins, you know, the, we all know what they're up to doing. Stephen's got in his love of the academy. And I think it's all good for the future of Limerick football. 
that you have that calibre of person. But in management, Tommy Stack was there with Declan before that, if I'm mistaken. John O'Grady's around the scene. And there's many more of them involved. Pat Rennan's involved with the, um, the Freshers or the, the Freshers teams. But that's brilliant. Like, you know, they're getting to work with top players. They'll, they'll be able to use that to help our lads grow and develop. And there's great opportunities for, for a few young lads coming up playing football in Limerick. These lads come to the managing under twenty teams and the senior teams in time, you know. So I think it's only it might be a slow burn at the moment in terms of players, but I think it'll come. I think it'll come. Yeah, you mentioned the the word academy there, um, Billy, and, and maybe to look at some of the underage success of of the year at intercounty level. Uh, the under seventeens had two wins: a win over Clare and Watford, and the twenties had a win over Watford. Uh, before ultimately crashing out to Cork in Castletown, Ballier Grand. Mm-hmm. I suppose the reopening of their fantastic facility out there, which uh, I'd love to mention on every occasion, a fine facility that they've developed. But those underage successes, if you look at them at a glance, um, uh, Billy, I put it to you, if you will look at those at a glance, sometimes you could say, that's great, we beat Waterford, we beat whoever, Clare, in, in the case of the 17s. Uh, you mightn't all necessarily have seen the games, you know, some of these are streamed, some of the people mightn't get to them because they were... You know they were run off so quickly, but from your knowledge and from what you've seen, is the underage academy, if we can use that term, it's been banded about with the with the hurling thing and its success. Is are we starting to see green shoots from that in terms of uh, proper footballers, if you like, coming out through it? It's not a case of they got the the best fifteen lads through them out there and and they fluke the result. Are they actually be developing footballers for the future? Yeah, I I, I think they are. Um... I think sometimes I, I think I had the first team that went the full duration, um, and think that was the team John Hayes, Young Mullinlo, um, that they would have been midfield and then the fourteen team, fifteen team. When I did it before I went into the senior squad, you know, um, and I remember at the time, just trying to get fellas into the academy wasn't that straightforward. So sometimes it takes these things time to embed within the, the culture of the county, and I think it's in there now. I think, you know, seeing the under-17s winning games going to a Munster final the previous year, that's giving you a sight that, you know, we weren't winning games. I don't have the exact history now, exactly of every year, but we weren't really winning games. And all of a sudden, their kids are winning games, so they feel just we can win at this level. So it gives them a lot of confidence to go into the 20s. And um, for the last number of years, between Jory and Shamey, they've been winning games. Um, you know, and again, having Limerick fellas coach and winning under the that gives them great confidence and belief in themselves that if the opportunity ever steps up to seeing a level we have got people capable and um, you know and the players that they have played under know that so I think it's it's all working in the right direction I think the evidence is there in results um, we probably might be we weren't too far off the mark against Cork last year and that once the football final um, you know Cork often get criticised for not winning games or decisions making but whatever it is their management team made a couple of switches that they won't keep breaking balls around the middle of the field. And I think they went and won the game from there. But all that's were outstanding all year. I seen you know, I saw him against Tip, I saw him against Clare, and I saw him against um against Cork. And I thought they were outstanding. And didn't see the minors this year. Um, but I seen the twenties of the last number of years. So, you know, I definitely think there's progress. It's never easy, you know, we probably still a bit off of where the whole are in terms of winning championships. You know, and it's always going to be difficult to break the Kerry stronghold. Like, if you look at Munster, Kerry are the only team where football is the first code. You might say Cork, you'd say historically, Holland is the Cork game and Cork based on all Ireland victories. So that's always going to be a challenge. But 
you know, once we can try and get into the get in there and be competitive with them, which the twenties were for a couple of years, you know, eventually we'll kick that down that kick down that door once or twice, you know. Yeah. Matt Matt uh, I think Pat Ranahan was I won't take credit for Pat Ranahan highlighted this recently uh, in terms of Limerick football winning games at I think it was under seventeen, under twenty. Uh we won games at junior, senior, intermediate in the club. We obviously won we mentioned all the senior success of the season. Rare if ever Limerick have won. I think you yourself and myself commented at the time to say I don't think this would have ever happened that Limerick have won games at minor, 20, senior, and then club, junior A, intermediate, senior. So I guess green shoots all over the place in, in terms of results, but maybe maybe in terms of just real momentum behind different different corners of the county, really. Yeah, like look, it, it was a great summary by by um by by Pan. He he sort of challenged us to 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 see if, if name if, another if, year, yeah. If it had ever happened before and had us going around scratching our heads for a couple of days before we could come back to him. Um you, you know, and, and and he threw in the ladies as well, of course, you know, them That's right, yeah. um reaching two ladies football finals. So yeah, look, he, 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 I I believe that the academy is working. And I believe that we are beginning to see dividends of it. And Billy alluded to it there. Um, last year's Munster Minor football final, like uh, with ten minutes to go, Limerick were leading by a point, and um, like going into the final, you know, you'd wonder why you were going to Tullus that evening because they were written off. It was just a matter of going through the fixture. But um, I, I definitely saw them. Uh, Kevin Dean and his management team did an excellent job uh, in that particular team. And you you must remember that that particular team was the nucleus of the under fifteen teams that won a Dermot League double under fifteen double two years previous. Um, which 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 tells me, and you know, and it's there for all to see that if if you get continuity and bring them through year on year, that 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 you will get the results, and at face value. You know, and in reality, of course, um, it, it, it is so heartening to see to see um, uh, how our clubs have performed. All three clubs won a Munster Championship um, a game in the Munster Championship. Um, two of them got to the final, um, and like we won two games in the Minor Football Championship. That hasn't happened for some time now, and um, we, we we won a game in the Under Twenty Championship. And um, we came up against Cork and Ballygran, and on that particular evening, we we came up short. But you must remember that 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 Cork team that we came up with um, had won the All Ireland minor three years previous. No, I know that there was there was a big fall off from that particular team, um, from that particular minor team. I think um, there there was only six of them actually had made the transition to. Um, to under under twenty, which which is a phenomenal low return in my view. Now, yeah. um, uh, I, I I was talking to Park Connections on that particular evening, and um, they were explaining where it had all gone wrong or where they had gone. Um, a couple of them had gone to rugby. Patrick Campbell had gone to rugby. Um, there there were others gone to other places, and um, and a couple that just just didn't continue. And there, there were one two injuries, but um. Uh, it, overall, for Limerick, it, 
the most happening and it's most encouraging. Um, you, you know, obviously they're taking their cue to a certain degree from the success of the senior team over the last three or four years. And um, um, yeah, I, I, I think Limerick football is, you know, is, is beginning to read, reap um, a dividend from the work of the academy. Yeah, and the, the wheel. The, I suppose once the wheel starts to turn, the the momentum can continue. I guess for for everyone involved, it's it's uh, it's I guess easier easier uh, for everyone to start Just to make together. another point there, Jack, um, yeah. you, you know, and it was a bit of a slow burner, but Tipperary started with that at at, at the very lowest level, and they, they and 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 they've got an All Ireland minor out of it. They were beaten in an All Ireland under twenty final. And they've got a monster senior football championship out of it. You know, and I know it's something that's that's in scarce supply around among football fans, and it's a little thing called patience. And um, you know, I I look the one thing that we in summary, Jack, we have to say is that um at all levels in the county and uh, in the inter-county, um Limerick football is going in the right direction and there's an upward trajectory. Gandale, Tom. I'm, I'm gone again. Sorry, <laughs> you're on the mute yeah, watch, Billy. Right. Sorry. The, the, um, the, 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 uh, to turn now to the the club scene in a little bit more detail. Uh, we mentioned the successes of uh, Napierstree getting to a Munster final after wins over Rowan Moore of Waterford and Ballina of Tipperary on penalties. Uh, the, the success for for Napierstree, or sorry, for Newcastle West to reach a Munster final against Kearns O'Reilly early this month. But before that, we had the county championships and Castletown Belly Grand winning Junior B, Grand Bellingary, Junior A, the Premier Junior went to Fiona Castle Mahan, and then the Pierceek and uh, Newcastle West winning the top two tiers. Uh, Matt, looking back at the senior championship as a whole, I we won't go into details about all the grades, but the senior championship as a whole, probably a little bit of a slow burner in terms of real excitement of games. But once we got to the knockout stages, we were served with some great games and I suppose the final was was probably the most dramatic of, of the game of the lot in terms of uh in terms of going all the way to the wire really. Yeah, probably in terms of excitement, but in terms of of, of, of football and quality of football, maybe no. Uh, Jack, yeah, you, you are uh, yeah. you'd have to be brutally frank about it. <coughs> um the, 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 it tends the the the, the, the Limerick thing of a football championship tends to be a slow burner anyway during the group stages and particularly early in the group stages um when when um you, you know sometimes i just wonder are, 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 you see a lot of these jackies um could be um if you go back to the time pre covid where where we had two games in april and then we had a three month um hiatus, hiatus before the, yes. the third round and it was like two different competitions and um but this year that that that, that has gone. But um, the, 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 it was a slow burner. The, the early parts of this year's um, Limerick Senior and Intermediate Football Championships, like they 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 weren't they weren't anything to write home about. But they gathered momentum once we went into the knockout stages, and <coughs> we saw we saw some some very good games in the knockout stages. I thought the Newcastle West Monoline game was a particularly good semi final. Um, now I saw both semi-finals, and I thought Adair put on a very consummate performance 
in, in that victory over Father Casey's because um, I suppose the story of the championship um, maybe is the emergence of, of, of Father Casey's um, and like uh, they were beaten in the semi-final, probably well beaten by Adair, but Father, this Father Casey's team is a team to be reckoned with, I, I, I think, Tom, and um, yeah, they broke. Uh, they're, they're, they're not going to not be a push over for anybody. So, um, going yeah. going forward, and we have been wondering for years with all the underage success, um, that uh, that um, when when was it going to translate in into success at senior level? I I honestly believe it's about to happen. I saw him three or four times this year. I was hugely impressed with him. I was disappointed with him. I, I was disappointed with him. I suppose in equal measure because I saw him in one particular game, um, uh, that they were very very poor. Now, I saw him against Mona Lee and they were irresistible. Um, I was disappointed with him against um, against Adair. And, uh, like, Jack, if you, or Tom, if you recall, they had, they got an absolute dream start. They were three points up in jig time. That was yeah. as good as it got. And you said, uh, you begin to say to yourself, um, did this, uh, you know, we're on the way for the. The, the, the real West football derby of of Newcastle West and Father Casey's, but um, they, 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 it, it, it quickly floundered for them after that. So, um, yeah, I, I I think they're on the verge of a breakthrough. But um, I thought we had a very very good semi final, as I said, between Newcastle West and Mon Lean. In terms of yeah. football, I thought we had a very very poor final. Um. And uh, um, really putting it up to last year's final, now which one of them was the poorer? Yeah, um, I, I, I but, think we, um, just, we yourself you know, and myself um, debated this afterwards. Didn't we? West got over in in, in dramatic circumstances, um, and like um, Dam the Dam the came up and became an unlikely hero with that late equaliser, and um, you, you know, and um, Newcastle West drove on in extra time and. Um, obviously, Newcastle West drove on then in the Munster semi-final against uh, Clanmel Commercials, and I, I've been saying this all the time, like that. Um, Clanmel Commercials had pedigree, Tom, and and let let, let, let nobody say otherwise. And um, and for the, for the following reasons, they had a big win down in Cork against Nemo Rangers. Too many clubs in Munster can boast that they had home advantage. Um, they, 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 the game was originally scheduled for Clanmel. They thought that um, the open spaces of Tullus would suit them, um, that they could do a repeat performance on, on, on um, uh, as they did on Nemo Rangers. Plus the fact that, Jack, uh, Tom, that they had six players that started with um, Tipperary in the Munster final when they beat Cork in, 90, in 2020. So, like, all the omens were, um, and all the trumps, uh, as it were, were, were in Clanmel Commercial's hands. And But, you know, um, Newcastle West, um, they, they, they just, they, you know, they, they sort of ignored all the, all the omens, and, and rightly so. And, and they went there confidently and, and, um, and took out a great result. They needed extra time like they did in the county final. Um, and um, to, to 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 dig it out, but dig it out they did. And of course, um, most recent outing with Newcastle West was that heartbreaking defeat um, to Kevin Zorahadis in 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 the Munster final. And I mean, it was heartbreaking. 
absolute heartbreaking um, because in my view Newcastle West did everything but win the football match at half time you could only see one winner um, but um, Kernora Hellis had a golden patch uh, between the, the, the restart of the second half and the 40th minute and it, it laid the foundation and um, uh, and whilst Newcastle West um, closed the gap um, they, they, they just couldn't overtake him and, and um, it, it was a disappointing year uh, a disappointing end for Newcastle West but a great year for Newcastle West You're off air, Tom, again. This headset, I tell you, it'll be, it'll be chucked in the bin shortly. But the, the, just to pick up that point in Munster final, it was the damage was done in the 10 minutes after halftime. I think it was at 1-2 without reply or maybe 1-3 to a point, something like that, if our memory serves me. But even when Mike McMahon got the goal, there we were all thinking, here we go. Now Newcastle West will drive on. But Tommy Walsh, ever the reliable, fetches a high ball, lays it off to Barry John Keane. And in fairness to him, uh, Mike Willigan can do nothing because it's a tremendous finish. But look, I think I think the way that the result went will probably leave it'll probably leave Newcastle West wanting more. They'll probably just say to themselves, "We're not that far away provincially. If we can get our three in our own Limerick, there's no reason why we can't be in in amongst it and monster uh, come maybe 12 months time." So uh, we'll, well, we'll look we'll... look they, 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 Newcastle West if they've learned anything from this year is that they they, they can mix it. On the monster stage, they 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 they, they, they beat Dunmel Commercials. They came within a point of the Kerry champions. So you know that um, uh, it 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 may it might take them very very little to get over the line to get to, to get that take that extra step. Um, but of course they have to do it in Limerick, and um, yeah. there'll be a lot of pretenders in Limerick trying to bring them down. There there'll be eleven yeah. eleven other clubs trying to bring them down. So. Um, they most certainly will. They'll be their, their all adversaries. 2023 20, uh, is another are... year. So, um, yeah. Look, but um, I, I, I would have feared that this, this is an excellent Newcastle West squad, and <coughs> it has been strengthened this year by when you see young players coming in and making the impact that the like of Rudan O'Connor and Emmett Richter made. You know that 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 is that is a club that's in a very very good place. You know and. Um, when has a, a Limerick club, a Limerick football club, um, boast two two uh, all star nominees, um, like who, who were playing such crucial roles, um, yeah. in in both in Carbet and and TNG and like uh, have have been tremendous tremendous leadership, um, for for the team. So, um, I I think it can only get better from Newcastle West. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. But as we say, they'll have to do it all again in Limerick next season. Adair will be out for them. Father Casey's uh, are on the, the march. And perhaps even Mona Lean will be in amongst it. I'm sure the other uh, seven or eight clubs will have plenty to say about that as well. But that's maybe where we'll leave the, the senior championship chat, Matt. Uh, I mentioned to you that the, the female side of the house, we had a back-to-back for a Western side. And I'm not talking about Newcastle West. I'm talking about their near neighbours in Monaghan. Um, we were at that county final match. We were on commentary duty, yourself and myself, for that one. Monaghan mm. uh, beat their familiar foes in St. Aylby's. Far from a classic, but a bit like Newcastle West, they came up with the answers uh, when when the questions were asked most. And I would probably think shaded it on the day um, and, and, and managed to retain their crown. Yeah, they did, they did, and I'm not being one bit parochial now that 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 
Um, when when I say that um, their semi-final victory over Ballylanders four days earlier, earlier, which was under the semi-final and the wins and the final on a Sunday wasn't an ideal situation, but it is what it is. And um, uh, when they were taken to extra time by Ballylanders and um, were, were distinctly lucky um, to to come out of that game, but it just as you mentioned about the final, Jack, it was a game that they had to dig out. And and dig out yeah. they did, you know. They were down two players, um, Matt. If you recall, they were the two yeah. sin bins at at one at one yeah. occasion. Um, can't remember exactly who was sin bin, but they they came out of that period unscathed, as far as I remember. Actually, well, I, they, they, I, I can tell you who was sin bin. Larry O'Connor was sin bin, and Grace Lee was sin bin. Um, yeah. Within a minute of coming on, which I thought was a very very harsh decision on the day, but um, uh, they, 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 they 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 rose above that, and. Um, uh, you, you know, again, like like we were saying about Newcastle West footballers, the ten minutes after half time defined that Jack because uh, Tom because St Elbys came into half time on a roll if you remember, they were behind and they had drawn level and was it level at half time, or there, there there was a point either way and it points point either um, way yeah yeah <coughs> but but um. The early exchanges belonged on that particular day to to um to Mona Gay and and, and Maria Kavanagh got that goal in before half time, and it looked as if the pendulum had swung and that the momentum had swung in behind them, in 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 behind Saint Elby's, but not a bit of it. But it, it that it, that again shows you the character, Jack, of 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 this Mona Gay side. And I suppose it was further borne out when they when they went into the Munster Championship and reached the Munster final, and were distinctly unlucky in 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 the Munster final um, when they only conceded was it one point from player in the entire game? Yeah, you know, and, and beaten and actually lost the match. Billy, Billy has Billy has rejoined us there. Uh, Billy, I think you were at that match. The match we're referring to is the Munster final for for Mona Gay. Um, and I think when I met yeah. you, because it was the same day as the senior men's final for Newcastle West, um, I think you kind of said they left it behind them. In, in I think it was in Mallow, was it? They left the game behind yeah, them. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, Sorry, I ran, I ran into battery problems there, Tom. I was no listening to you in the Munster final. I was listening away there. I think um, Monaghan ladies, Newcastle West men, you know, they both had it in their, their hands to win it. Um, and just left it behind, not being able to just take the opportunities. A bit like we were with Cork. You know, and um, that was it. They were by far now the better, better team in the day. They did the Monaghan ladies just completely outplayed. Um, was it Mullinahorn, was it? Mullinahorn, Billy, yeah. Mullinahorn, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They completely outplayed them, you know, just couldn't get the ball to go over that or go under the bar or over the bar. You know, it was it was heartbreaking for them. Um, it was actually, I think you might have been there at the, the Keanu Riley's game. It was worse than that. They were so commanding. It was it was just heartbreaking for them, like you know, until you know. But look, they're a resilient bunch, of great bunch of girls, and um, it's the second time in a row. So look, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And you go back at it and keep banging at the door. Yeah, and and a bit like we said with Newcastle Westmans, they'll be looking for three in a row. But uh, winning three in a row in any county at any grade is tricky, and I think they'll they'll have they'll have to work cut out to do that. But if they can get over the line, I think they'll fancy another go at, at a Munster Championship uh, next season. Uh, and Matt, the, the lower tiers in Limerick ladies football, uh, Ula eventually got over the line, uh, beating the last year's final, but defeated Nakani 
I think, some bit convincingly in Capamore. And I think earlier that afternoon, we had success in uh, South County Limerick for Galtic Gales against the hand. So, to, yeah, to I, I, I was at both of those finals, and they, they, yeah. they formed a double fixture over in Capamore. And um, uh, Capamore, um, Tom, uh, I don't know, have you been there, Billy? Um, the footballers wouldn't be there that much. But they have an excellent facility over there and an excellent setting over there. And um, I was also there at a, at a couple of seeing a Limerick Camogie games there this year. And um, it's it's a fantastic facility in Capamore. But I that that was a memorable day, Jack, the day of the double um, final between um, Ula and Galtie Gale. Or, sorry, Ula won the intermediate and Galtie Gales won the junior A. Um, and I, I, I thought the standard in both games, Jack, was our uh, Tom. Sorry, I'm calling you Jack. So used to Jack on the podcast. All right, I've been called You have, I suppose, Tom. But um, <laughs> I, 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 it, it, it was the quality of the football. Now, I, I know both games eventually. Um, uh, although Nakeni, uh, Nakeni really put it up to to Ula for a long, long time, and. But, but but they dug it out and two goals from Amy Ryan um, were eventually what you know what proved to be decisive. And what more can you ask than of your captain than um, game is tight, she goes away and she gets you two goals and um, helps you over the line to win a county title. But they went on then and they beat Fireys. Um it, it was it was a it was a tricky assignment um by any standard. Um, to have to go to Kerry to face a Kerry team, but they did it and got over it, and, and they were very, very unlucky in 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 the final against Neva Vaughan, um, which I thought was I, I thought was a poor final, I have to say, um, and a very poor poor final, and um, you, you know I'm not being defensive of Limerick when I say this, that um, Neva Vaughan parked the bus. Um, Practically from start to finish, and um, what what had we for a finish? A final score of six points to five or something. Yeah, uh, I, I, um, I, I, uh, which, certainly which, not which a contender not, no for one, no a, one wants a to pay or anything like that. But um, uh, it was disappointing that that both um, Monagaya and Ula came so closely. Um, but um, what I would say for the intermediate football championship uh, for 2023, you're not jumping forward. Watch out for Galtie Gales. They had a very serious junior A, a very serious junior A team. Um, nobody laid it love on them all year. They had huge wins. They also won the county under 19B and they also won the novice. So, like, um, there are huge things happening in ladies' football um, in 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 in, in Gales. So, I, I would say at this remove that... Um, Seeing their performances this year, I thought they were nearly out of place in the Junior A Championship, but um, uh, that they that they were nearly good enough for the Intermediate Championship in 2022. But um, they've they've now come through the system. They've come from a very very low base, starting off in 2012, I think, and fielding an adult team for the first time in 2015. So it'll give you an idea, a sense of of the progress that's been made within and like we've 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 um. With, with clubs, you, you, you know, threatening um, to, to come through all over the county, the likes of St. Sennans, Croom, um, Palace. It's, 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 it's great to see that there, that, 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 that there is a greater spread of, of, of the ladies' game in the county. 
Yeah, and I'm sure it augurs well for the the senior side. If you can hear me this time, I think the headset's working, but it'll augur well for the 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 intercounty side. Matt, the intercounty team had, I suppose, some bit of success. Uh, I won't sugarcoat it to say it was a glamorous year for them. It was a fantastic year. I'm not going to patronise them by saying that they had a, some bit of some bit of success. But I guess in terms of in trying to win a Division Four or win a Junior Championship. The difficulty they're facing is a they've no provincial championship to place in at the moment which has given them a lack of games which billy alluded to in terms of limerick clubs in the men's side of things it's not helping and b i think a lack of continuity of of players and management and i'm not pointing the finger at anyone it just makes it also difficult when you have to start afresh every 12 months or maybe 24 months and you're going to the well again matt to find new players new management new systems of play, even in terms of new kits, new everything. It all seems to have started again and again, and that's making it more and more difficult for Limerick to have success at an inter-county level. Yeah, and um, the, the one good thing on that point, Tom, is that Graham Shine is on board again for, um, for 2023, and, um, you know... The, we need that continuity the, 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 for There wasn't a ladies game that I was at this year, and I was at a good few of them now, and, you know, not near as many as football or hurling, naturally, but as many as I could fit in. But um, himself and Sean Kiley were at every one of them, you know, which means that that that, that he is scouring the county. And um, I understand that there's a couple of big names from Monegay coming back into the football fold for the for the coming year, which, in my opinion, would make you probably aware of that, Billy. Um, I'm indeed. Would, 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 sorry, Tom. Sorry. No, yeah, I spoke with Sean. Yeah. yeah, and I believe there's a big contingent of the Money Gay girls are being asked, and I think they're going in. Uh, I, I believe Cam, yeah. uh, Debs, um, my own three nieces. Um, yeah. There's a couple of, there's about nine of them going in, I think, or they were asked to go in anyway. Right. So, you know, yeah, and I think Mike Quilligan has gone in as well as part of the coaching ticket. Yeah. But uh, you would say, Grayson. Yes, and Yvonne have have experience before, and um, like they're, they're they're bringing it back. But um, you, you'd have to think that uh, that the addition of Cam O'Leary and and um, Debbie Murphy is absolutely huge. Um, yeah, absolutely huge. Amy Corton, Ellie Wolf. Um, yes, I think they're all going in. Does Jesus the names is Kate? I'm just going to go through the team there now. Maybe Lauren Walsh, Laura Walsh. Laurie um, O'Connor, is Laurie O'Connor going in? I'm not sure. Laurie was talking about travelling, I think. I'm not sure exactly where it sits. You know, <clears throat> certainly good enough to go in. No question about it. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, they're a pretty competitive bunch. And, the, the, you know, so there's plenty of them capable. You know, so look, hopefully yeah. the circumstances yeah. of their own personal lives will allow yeah. them to go in, you know. There, 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 are, there are two or three very... There are two or three very, very exciting players in Galtie Gales that are ready to make the step up. They're quite young, but they're, they're, they're ready to make up the um, uh, the step up. I am, I'm talking about Roisin Brady and Leah Geary, um, two absolutely excellent players. Um, um, very, very young, as I said, but um, apparently they're, they're on board as well. So it, it, it augurs well that, that, that there's going to be a strong squad there. Yeah. Please go ahead. Sorry, Tom. What I was saying you know, playing this level of sport gives you more than medals. And, um, you know, it, it challenges you. And, you know, we kids go through 
school and they go into college and then they're out in the big bad world and they're challenged with different environments that you know may be different to what they were coming out of their college or what their home life and um, sport kind of helps with that because you're dealing with different people that might be for you and you have to kind of challenge to you know prove yourself to work get a place in the team it gives you so many lessons that are would stand you well in life you know I think you give them the opportunity and the circumstances are right for you you know that you can't afford the time to go into it no matter how bad it goes for you you will learn so much about it and it's a great it's not easy don't get me wrong it's not that but you know in the right environment in the right setting and I know Bob you know when I was with the store he was with me and great individual you know would be doing it for the right reason Sean Kiley was with us as well in 2019 another great lad and I know Mike Quilligan personally here, you know, from Castle. You know, that's, that's you know, good lads who look after the, the girls and will be doing it oh. for the right reasons, you know. And you can't ask for any more. And any player listening to this, like, I can, you know, knowing these guys on a personal level, like, you know, they will look after your kids and they will try and treat them the way they treat their own kids, you know. And you can't ask any more of a management team then. And, you know, hopefully the girls can learn out of it and more importantly enjoy themselves. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, Mike, my, I agree totally with Mike Quilligan. Um, fantastic commitment as 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 a player, but uh, e- e- equally fantastic commitment uh, as a manager and as as a mentor, and certainly would be a big addition. And um, um, like you know, Monaghan um, blessed to have a guy like Martin O'Sullivan on board as well, Billy. Yeah, Martin was involved with the Jimmy as well with the, the football. You know, Martin's a great lad. Yeah. Um, head well put on and you know, um but like it's great. Like, I mean, you know, listening to there, Matt, about the, the, the men's and the ladies club scene and unfortunately the like the, the battery went there, I got back on. But we've got to a point whereby we're winning games now. And if there's a figure one thing area that you know as, as an organization we need to go after board and probably the ladies' game and what I see in of it, I can't be I'm, I'm far from an expert in it, I should say. And certainly in the men's game, it's just finding these scoring forwards and just encouraging this thing, you know, someone in a particular club really grabs the nestle and just starts practicing because you know the pair should prove it. Um Cas Man when they won the the the, the first round of the junior championship, the castle proved it. They have been proving it as well, you know. So it's there. It's just getting that reliable forward now just that consistently can score um, for clubs. And I think it's there for the ladies as well, you know. And it, that just, to me, enhances what's been going on for the last number of years across the county, you know. And um, I suppose we must commend the, the the executive committees, both on both on the male and the female side of the sport, that are working hard because without them, we won't have it, you know. And the... the, the Certainly, the hurling is at the top of it. You know, the the, the 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 football has been making progress, and we can see shoots of it in the ladies. So it's it's a great place to be for, you know, the the, 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 the games in, in in Limerick. You know, absolutely, yeah. I, I I agree totally. And it's it's not very very long ago when it was the norm that our our county champions in football were beaten in the first round, irrespective of who they played, and likewise in ladies football that we weren't able to compete, like. This year, you know, we've contested seven Munster club finals. Two in ladies football, two in hurling, two in Gaelic football, yeah. and one in Camogie. That's, 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 that's unbelievable. Like, yeah, but like just the just the confidence and belief it gives in our kids, the people in our communities, you know, they can take that into their personal lives and, and, and what it does for them and 
you know, the feel-good factor around it. I I used to see a lot of it when I was back training teams and carries and young lads coming up and going up to Dublin and they weren't even playing, they were in supporters and you compare them to the lads I used to be seeing around my own town and they were, th- they were thinking at a different level, like, you know, their confidence and mm-hmm. we'll see our kids doing that now and, and it's it's been fantastic, you know. It's, it's just great to see that they have that confidence themselves. They're going up to Dublin and regular guests to watch the Holland team and going outside the county to support the clubs, as you rightly said, they are matches. It's, it just gives unbelievable um, confidence and belief to the kids and, and their ability as a person as much as a player, you know. So it's um, long made last. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, a long way at last indeed. And I think that's a, a good enough place to come very close to the end of, of this. I'm conscious that we're running on and on and on and on here. Uh, the clock is ticking on. But maybe just to, to, to sum up the year, something that I wrote down earlier when I was looking ahead to this, lads, was maybe a couple of highlights from the year of, of whether it was at a club game, a county game, something you're personally involved in, something that maybe Matthew or I saw while covering a game um, out in the sideline. Maybe, maybe a couple of highlights, to something the stuff to highlight. It. And a couple of things I wrote down here was actually to get to see David Clifford uh, in UL. I think I saw him against IT Sligo. It was the second game of the year, or the third game of the year I was at. And to see him kicking points so effortless, effortlessly, it just would make you wonder what you know what did he do to to get that gift but i'm sure he works hard at it too but to see him up close and i would encourage anyone to see these superstars while they're in our neck of the woods if you can at all and hopefully we'll have a few from uh limerick side of things of that caliber in in, in due course but and then the other one i think the score of the year that i would like to personally award for my own little award ceremony would be to darren o'darty of newcastle west in terms of the composure the composure and I suppose the cojones, if I can use that word, um, to abandon the full-back position, catch the delivery from, I think, Thomas Quilligan. And Billy was Billy was shaking beside me in the commentary box and kicked that over. With your whole season on the line, I must uh, commend Darren for that. Um, but lads, any any thoughts yourselves on maybe has to be a score of the year? Talking about Doc, I, I, I honestly thought as the full-back hit a very, very good year. He did, yeah. For, even if we ignore that and score, he, uh, yeah. you know, maybe maybe it's wrong to define his season by that fantastic point. I think as a defender, he had a great year. I, I thought Doc was very good this year. Yeah, well, I think didn't they get to the county final without conceding a goal? I know they conceded two in the county final. Probably a testament to the whole backline, as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, they went through the group games and the semi final without conceding a goal. They, 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 they went almost six and a half games. Without conceding yeah. a goal, just when Robbie Burke scored the penalty a minute yeah. uh, before half time in the county final was the first goal Newcastle West Sport conceded in this year's championship. So probably a testament to the year he had, and of course his comrades back there, uh, Michael Keefe, uh, who I think Keefe Michael as again. well, yeah, Brian yeah, Sullivan. Uh, Brian Sullivan, sorry, it's Brian there forgetting yeah. him there, but that's the back four, if you like. Yeah, yeah it's just interesting to say, he listen to the boys. Forward role this year, Billy, I thought. I've yeah, listened mm, to the boys, you know, someone some up the year there after the Clanmill game and after the Rahleys game. And I think a lot of them said that Brian Sullivan was probably the player of the season for Newcastle, you know. So I suppose that just mm. backs up what detail you're saying. I saw them, not every game, I saw three or four of them. I was tied up with Field Rangers one or two games, so I couldn't get to see them. But, you know, but Brian, Brian is an athlete, like, you know. Um, first goes to Mike Max, by the way. All right. Stuff, so <laughs> what, what, what do we say about Mike Mack? Sure. 
Actually, my, 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 you know, it didn't read the blood in his body isn't red at all. It's black and white, you know. Um, they're in, you know, the McMahons are entrenched in the club and, you know, all the time putting, trying to play on the front foot, you know. Um, did they put out a contract extension for 2023? I'm sure they did in both today. It will be on 2023. You know, Michael, Michael, Michael Gore, he feels he'll add something to it. And I think the detail this year shows he's adding all the time, but in Holland and football, you know. And um, so you'll be retired long enough. When yeah. You'll know when it's going to go. And the, the, the data from this year doesn't say he should be going. And, um, you know, if you're looking at the Rahalis game, I'll be... I think it was Keane took the shot, hit the post. He Mike had took a shot before that won a high ball turn and was blocked. Ball yeah. went out. I think he came back in and Mike Keane took a shot, hit the post. And who was there to stick it in the net? So he's been adding to you know big games, big moments. So why would you even consider retirement? That's all about Messi playing until he's 49 the next World Cup, like so. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Ronaldo didn't still play at 41 in the next one, so best of luck on that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, but Matt, uh, any other highlights, whether individual or, or no, you know, maybe... No, it would be unfair to finish, um, uh, it would be wrong to finish this 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 cast, I'd say, and um, I, I, I want to I spare, and I, I, I'm going to speak on behalf of, uh, I think, anybody that has even the slightest interest in football in our county, and um, we, uh, you know, it's absolutely essential that I say a sincere thanks and congratulations to our guest tonight for what Absolutely, he has done yeah. for Limerick football. For From where he has more. brought him six years yeah. ago um, to um, lining out in a, in a month's time in the National Football League Division 2. Billy, we're very, very proud of your the, the fantastic job you've done and thanks. And, and from a media point of view, you are always available, always away at the other end of the phone an absolute gentleman to deal with in every single way. So, Billy, thanks and congratulations. Many, many, thank, many thanks, um, uh, Matt. Yeah, look, a couple of things. Firstly, look, a lot of work was done with a lot of the players. Uh, Declan would have had him at under 20s, for, you know, don't mind us. So I suppose you asked the question around why wouldn't they walk away? With it? Look, it's too close to heart. I, I've always believed from my own playing days that there was players in Limerick. It was just a matter of trying to Organise it and bring it together. Um, in fairness to the board, under John initially, and, and certainly Jory and Wayne and Dave McGuinness, you know, they were outstanding supportive to us, and it would be remiss of me not to think of them individually. Um, and 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 look, Mike, you know, you know, we had our exchanges there in 2018, but my word, what you know, I think the legacy that you know for me about the football in Limerick for my six-year terms is the support the the board gave me when. I turned the Gatling one on them, you know, and um, I didn't have a problem at the time. But, you know, I think it said more about them, the way they came in, rode in behind it, backed me. You know, a lot of people have thought the right was on the wall for, for them to move me on. Uh, they wouldn't have been without out of place. But I felt at the time that maybe I was setting it up for the, the next person to come in. And, you know, I was going to improve them in football. But I've got to commend John and Mike and Jory and all the board members at that, at that stage, you know, they took the hard decision to take it on the chin and you've got to admire them for what they did. And it's not surprising McJay's and the, the crest of a wave, you know, more so than ever because we've great leaders in the head and we wish Seamus the very best and Frank has gone in, you know, they've been there as one of the part of the, the current, uh, well, the 21 backwards, uh, 22 backwards um, county executive. So I think we've great people leading the organisation, working hard for it. They'll get criticised for different things. They won't always get it right. No one does. But my work, what they've done and 
you know, we're privileged to have them and we've had great days from 18 right through to this year um, on both sides of the coin. And it just shows that a rising board rises all tides if we just focus on our own, trying to improve our own story, you know. Um, in terms of yourselves, what I'd say, Leslie, you were very good to me when Limerick football needed a bit of publicity, no matter what, what it was about, you know. So, you know, never forget them things. Never forget how good you in bad times. It's easy, you know, it's easy to look after people who come around you in, in the good times, but they want to always be there because they're looking for stories. But the local media were always there for, for Limerick football and for me on a personal level. And, and I was very thankful of that and fully understood that. So thank you for all your support and for Rafa and Luke and Jerome and, you know, whoever else, John Q, um, whoever else I'm missing, you know, it, it, you, were, you were brilliant. Jack. Um, Jack, obviously, Jack, obviously, yeah. So look, um, it was, it was, it was, everyone was doing it for the right reasons. It wasn't always easy, but I suppose we got there and look, please God, we set it up for the future. And Billy, you don't know, forget and, your uh, old friend, John Reddington. Well, how could I? How could I? Jesus, how could I? Yeah. Yeah. What a man. Yeah. What a man. What a man. There's a man, that pleads Lim- There's a man that pleads Limerick football oh. now. Oh, I remember some interviews with him. Like, and the man was so excited. He could barely interview. And then he was, I remember the time of the 53 names coming out. <laughs> we played Leeds from Oven, Carrigan Shannon. They wiped the floor with us. And he was distraught and he was in a bad place. And he was wondering. And I could see him. He was trying to, this was before the interview went live, we call it, right? And he was scratching his head. <laughs> so I had to say, right, this is a time to let it look, let people know like that you know, people weren't interested in playing. And you've got to respect these people's decisions. If they weren't interested, they weren't interested. And that's fine. But I felt it might have eased the burden with, with, um, with John that took the day above. And kind of, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, he's a remarkable individual. He's great to have around the place, you know. Um, great time for him. Great time for him. We had some great stories about, about him, Matt, and, you know, he, he's a bundle of energy, bundle. I don't know where he gets it from, but um, great man, great man. Yeah, there you go. Well, look, for, for fear of going back around in circles, I'd echo uh, Matt's sentiments there, and I think maybe that's uh, enough. Uh, Limerick football chat, we could probably, we've, what are we up to now, 97 minutes, we could probably do 197 minutes, but, uh, or we could keep going on all night, but look, I must thank Matt for your uh, your varied and uh, detailed opinions, again, and of course, thanks Billy for joining us this evening, and thanks to everyone that listened and tuned in over the course of the last 12 months, uh, I know it was more Jack you're familiar with, but uh, glad to step in and, and fill in tonight for him, but uh, uh, we must wish all our uh, viewers, listeners, subscribers, followers, uh, whatever you want to tightly want to put in yourselves, wish you all the best for uh, the rest of 2022, Christmas, and of course beyond into 2023. So thanks very much, lads. Thanks very much, Tom, for having me. Thanks, guys.